0: Welcome to Ground Table Talk. I am D.C. Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged. I am also a Wall Street alum and LinkedIn top voice on racial equity. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita.
1: Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DE&I champion, and a mom. My superpower is storytelling.
0: And for those of you who follow the show, if you're not new here, you know Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman. And for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman and at our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with the tips you need on not how to survive but how to thrive wherever it is that you are so mita what are we talking
1: about today my friend well dee we have so many amazing fans in our community who reach out to us and ask us specifically to talk about topics and here is one and this one i would like to hope is received as a gift to all the white women out there. And this is Dear White Women, please stop comparing our experiences. So to our white women friends and allies listening, this episode is for you. Yeah, yeah. And you know
0: what? Purpose and intent here for folks listening is to really help, help allies, advocates, champions, do better, be better. Because what we've heard, Nita, do you remember this? Some of my WG girlfriends are saying that they're learning so much from the very f- yes. for the very first time. And they're learning because they have an opportunity to ear hustle on conversations that they have never yeah. been privy to. And so we really want you all to receive this, you know, in the spirit and the energy that we deliver. Okay. So, Mita, come on, ma'am, tell me the story. What happened?
1: Mm, I got a lot of stories <laughs> in this space, but one story I can recall. Several years ago, I was being honored at an event, and a number of us were in the green room hanging out. There was a white woman, there was me, and there was a black woman. And the white woman had has, I haven't talked to her in several years, beautiful, blonde, curly hair. And somehow the conversation comes up, she's like, oh, people touch my hair all the time. All the time they touch my hair. But it's totally fine. Like, I'm okay with them touching their hair. Like, I don't know why it's a big deal. Like, why people make it a big deal when someone touches their hair. Okay. So it was so uncomfortable. And listen, I'm human. I'm not an expert. I just have deep expertise in this space. I'm not an expert. We're all flawed. Mm. We're all human. I didn't say anything. I was so uncomfortable. It was in the green room. We're about to go up for a panel. We're about to get the award. I try to make eyes with the black woman who's just like shaking her head. And there was no moment for intervention or education or conversation. And D, I will tell you, I'm tired, right? I am tired. This is hard work I do all day, every day. And sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm in mm-hmm. other spaces and places, I don't want to be the one to speak up. I'm just tired. Yep. And that's bad on me as an ally because I should have maybe gone back and had that conversation with the woman. But this idea, that I want to pull out of white women intent versus impact comparing their experiences
0: mm-hmm.
1: of what they might view as sexist or some and missing the element of racism and the element of racial experiences and trauma that women of color repeatedly face. But I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that the comparison no. about hair. Right. And can you yep. unpack for us, pull up allies. If you're listening and you know in season two, if you're listening and you're part of our community, and if you're just joining us today, thank you for being here. Please go back and listen to some of our other episodes. We talk about an episode, what to do when someone touches your hair and what that means for Black colleagues in the workplace. So Dee, help us unpack this. Like, Why is that, a, as we would say, a false equivalency?
0: Yeah, I think it's a false equivalency because our experiences are unique let's start there. That's the baseline and the clean, uh, soft angle is that our experiences Mm -hmm. are unique. So if you happen to be a white woman with curly hair and I'm a black woman with curly hair or Mita you know, South Asian with straight hair, our experiences are unique. That's the Mm -hmm. clean version. Okay. Um, And the baseline. But the second is it's because of the levels of discrimination Mm -hmm. and racism that is the other side of unique experiences. So it's one thing to say we all have unique experiences and respect that, but it just so happens to be, if you are a person of color or a person from a historically underrepresented group, we have been discriminated Mm -hmm. against for these things that may be seen as slight. And so that's why it is a blind spot, an error, a slight, a disregard and disrespect when you may have someone who is the majority, let's just say, believe that they are identifying as having the same experience. It is not. And again, does, is it clear? It's two things. It's we yes. all have unique experiences. Let's just start with that. But then yes. the second layer and level is, but if it's a person of color or from an underrepresented group, they've been discriminated against. You have not been discriminated yes. against for your hair, ma'am. And guess what? You have not been denied opportunities or judged you know, based on the appearance of your hair. And so, you know, we keep it light, but we can go deeper. And so those are some of the the other angles for that, if that makes sense. The experiences, sense. the discrimination. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I replay that scenario a lot in my head because shame on me. I wasn't practicing what I preach, but, you know... Sometimes it's hard to speak up. We talk about this all the time, right? If I had a relationship with that woman and if it wasn't just in that green room that we had met for the first time, I always say it's never too late to have that conversation. It's never too late to be an ally or interrupt bias. I would then actually go and find her and have that conversation with her to educate and let her understand how she could do better, be better. And in our episode where we talked about hair and what to do when Mm -hmm. someone touches your hair, I remember the story, again, another false equivalency, a white woman saying, oh, that's like when people touched my belly when I was pregnant. It's the same thing. And Mm -hmm. in that situation, because I knew the woman, I was like, no, it's not the same thing. And let me explain to you why. But, Dee, what do you also think about, you know, when I'm talking to white women who say, oh, I've gotten that feedback about being angry. People might think I show up angry at work. People will call me difficult. People say I'm taking up too much space. Well, that's not any different from black women getting the feedback. I've gotten that feedback, too.
0: Yeah, it's not the same. And I'm going back now to the hair piece. I didn't want to make this about hair because we already did that episode before, but I was going to pull up the receipts in terms of, you know, specifically around hair. There's literally a bill, there's a law. Anytime there needs to be a law to tell folks that you can't discriminate against ethnic hair, like that's a problem. Now, again, that's another episode. So I didn't want to make this about hair. This is really about false equivalencies. And so that's really what we're talking about. So, but your question, that piece about, you know, individual feedback in terms of being angry or whatever it is, it's not the same for um, people of color because it the come from is a place of bias, stereotyping, and that lens has been known to keep us, I'm going to say down, right? It's a a perpetuation of systems of oppression, of where Mm -hmm. that insight, that frame, that lens, again, it's used as reason to not hold us up in high regard. It's, It's used as reasons to deny us, let's just say, job opportunities, promotion, and so on and so forth. So as a Black woman, if I am believed to be an angry Black woman. I'm going to be denied. First of all, it's it's stereotyping, right? It's stereotyping that Black women carry this thing. So that's the difference in terms of bias and perception versus individual feedback. And then that same narrative then is used Mm -hmm. again to deny me opportunities is even pay and compensation and how it is uh, somewhere around 82 cents is the, yes. is the amount that women are paid compared to uh, white male. However, there is even a further breakdown of that in terms of what Black women mm-hmm. are paid, mm-hmm. what Latina mm-hmm. women are pay- yes. paid, uh, what Asian women are paid, but let's yes. just go with 82 cents. It's really a grouping.
1: You know what's interesting about this conversation, and this is why we started the Brown Table Talk podcast, because I found throughout my career and also doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work, is that we tend to lump women as a whole in this actually interesting way of trying to be inclusive, if I can even say that. Let's include all the women. Let's include all the women and they all act and think the same, right? And so then when you're talking about white women and Black women and you're talking about feedback, okay, but that's just feedback women get, They can be difficult. They can be disagreeable. You're not being a team player. You're not collaborating. You're not sharing credit. God, how many things have we talked about on this podcast? But I think the lens through which it is different when that feedback is given and received by a white woman versus, let's say, a Black woman, just as you broke down. And I think that is the bias that I want white women listening to this podcast to interrupt because you are missing the lens of race and racism mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. only rallying and focusing around sexism. You're missing mm-hmm. that intersection of those two things. There are two ways I, that you have heard me very boldly talk about, I identify as a woman, identify as, as a South Asian, but there are many other ways in which I identify that I, we don't get into. But So I think that is just what's really interesting about in our workplaces, how that can almost backfire when we're...
0: You mentioned and uh, sort of teased out, you know, the intersection or intersectionality. And so for those who may not necessarily know, it it is, I think, a blind spot for a lot, uh, a lot of folks. And intersectionality is really the interconnected nature of social categorization, such as race, class, gender. So for instance, if I identify or I am a woman and I am a Black woman, and let's just say I'm going to add another layer, what if I identified as a lesbian woman? That's the intersectionality. And so yes. there's there are levels and layers of systems of oppression that cross race and then gender and then even orientation. And it's more so, it's additive. So as a woman, there's sexism. And then as a Black woman or an Asian or a Latina, you know, then there's ethnicity or race. And then again, as orientation, or, you know, we could even go so far as to talk about ability or, or lack thereof, yes. or even neurodiversity, right? That's not necessarily... We don't really go in deep there, but that's really what we're talking about in terms of intersectionality and just being really cautious about the intent to be inclusive, as Mita said, the intent to be inclusive and to group us in one big bucket and and not give space for our unique experiences that are embedded in our country, really embedded in systems of oppression.
1: Here's another observation I have that I've been thinking about for a while now. I think that sometimes as leaders, well, I don't think I know, we have been trained. I have grown up in a world that doesn't shut up, doesn't stop talking. We've been trained to problem solve. We've been trained to talk and talk some more. And so when someone comes to you and shares with you that's something uncomfortable and different, you either want to dismiss it you want to problem solve or you want to create some sort of connection. So if I'm a white woman and D is a black woman comes to me and says, you know, Mita, I got this feedback at work and they said I was being difficult and that, you know, I'm talking too much in meetings and I'm taking up too much space and it's really sitting heavy with me. And immediately my response as a white woman is, oh, I've I've gotten that feedback too. Oh yeah, here's my story on that. And that immediately almost dismisses what Dee is saying, but also just ignores the fact that it is different because she is a black woman. So when she's receiving this feedback, it's different than when you receive it as a white woman. And I think sometimes intent versus impact, as we talk about at the Brown Table Talk, is that your intent is that you want to make Dee feel better so that you're trying to create these comparisons. Oh, I had a time when this happened to me or this happened to me too. And it's like, no, your job is to just listen and be supportive, mm-hmm. and ask how D, how you can help D, right? Because yeah. that's not the moment for you to take up airspace. To sh- and this I see happen too often. People want to take up the space because they're uncomfortable with what D's sharing, yeah. Yeah. and just fill it up with their own stories, which are not the same.
0: Yeah, and what just showed up for me in terms of how we could we could really help our listeners here is the come from outcome and impact. The come from the outcome and the impact. The come from with feedback when it's people of color is a place of bias and a place of um, stereotyping less than values, uh, the value and the perception. Like it's really embedded in all of that. So the come from is, is unique. And then the outcome from that come from is much more detrimental to people of color, meaning the outcome of comments like that again, there is an impact to our ability to show up a hundred percent and perform on the job and bring our best self. It is an impact and perhaps a barrier or block to then rising up the corporate ladder. It's also an impact to our ability to generate wealth. We're not having a wealth conversation here, but I'm going to say in the Black community, there are significant um, disparities Mm -hmm. as it pertains Mm -hmm. to wealth that has to do with income. And so do you see the come from is directly connected to the outcome. I'm going to speak now for a black woman. And then the impact. So, you know, again, I reference the studies about the emotional tax that women of color pay mm-hmm. yes. in the workplace. And so the impact. So if I'm a white woman getting the feedback, it's not going to land and live in my spirit the way that it's going to land and live in my spirit as a black woman, right? There's an emotional piece that is connected Mm -hmm. to that. So I hope that makes sense in terms of this false equivalencies and the comparing the feedback and the experience, you know, white women to, to women of color. (laughs) Think about the come from, think about the come from, think about the outcome and think about the impact and how it lands.
1: You know what's also um really interesting quick work story, and I'd love your perspective on this, is employee resource groups, whole sidebar, whole podcast for another time and how I feel about employee resource groups. Wow. It is not the job of your employee resource groups to drive your DEI strategy, hire DC Marshall and diverse and engaged for that, but it is not the job of your, of your employee resource groups. So really interesting. One of the things that happens in workplaces is let's start employee resource groups, right? One of the first ones is the women's ERG, And you show up to the meetings and it's mostly white women. And people get very confused. Like, why are the Black women going to the Black ERG? And why are the Asian women going to the Asian ERG? Why is this not more multicultural, intersectional? Inclusive, because it is from the lens when we think of gender in this country and the history of that, it is through the lens of white women, right? And we know that gender initiatives disproportionately benefit White women in the workplaces. There are many studies for that. But that I find so fascinating, right? So, like, what do you say to the white women who are gathering the women in their companies to do something very well intended, which is an employee resource group? Great. But then they're like, huh? Or let me just say this they don't even notice, Dee. I've had that too. I went to one women's ERG meeting early in my career, and I was the only person of color in that room. There was probably 50 people around the conference room. And they didn't even notice that there were no other women of color, except when I said, huh, looks like I am the only woman of color here. I had to say that out loud for someone to finally register. Oh, huh.
0: Yeah. It's in the blind spot for them. And so that's why I think this podcast is so helpful to our WG girlfriends right now. And so it's they have to build it at the base. You have to Build yes. it at the base. And and let me just do a sidebar right now. Uh your ERG is not your DNI strategy. Let's just say that. Yes. Your ERG not your strategy. Mm-mm. is not your DNI strategy. And so to go back to your point, Nita, about the ERGs and when they, they're they building uh, anyone who's creating the women's ERG at the base and at the bill, yes. at the root, it has to be diverse. And so listen, WG Girlfriends, this is how you're going to win. Whatever you're starting and launching right now, make sure you count off one, two, three. If you're white, count off. Who's your number two? It needs to be a woman of color. And then the next one, another woman of color representation. That's how you're going to win, WG Girlfriends. If you are at the top, if you're leading this ERG, build Mm -hmm. it at the base and at the root, diverse, and you are going to win. It is going to be much more difficult and challenging to build something that is homogenous and a room where all the people look like you, talk like you, think like you, how you're going to win, WG Girlfriends. And actually, this goes for everybody else, is build it from the root, make it much more diverse from the build. You're not going to have as much success if you bring in all of your girlfriends and then try to, you know, attract others. This is, in fact, this is the, the story with, every corporation in America right now, or let me just say many, many corporations right now, yeah. it's, it's trying to course correct for building a climate or a culture that is a majority population or majority homogenous, and now trying to go back and see what do we need to do to make course this course correct. You can't out. do
1: it. It's too hard. Course so correct. women, so, you know, specifically, I'll say this again, to white women listening, if you walk into your women's ERG meeting and you notice it's all white women and you wonder why, we've just answered that question. Like, do, like you because go. you're not speaking to black women, Asian women, yeah. Latina women. Yeah. You're not speaking to their needs and you are lumping women together holistically. And when you do that, the default, I think, becomes white women. Even language, when I hear people say women and women of color, what does that mean? Yeah. Women and women yeah. of color? You mean white yeah. women and women of color? Because then women right. becomes normative, right? right? right. That is that exactly the truth. It becomes normative that if you're... Wh- woman is really code for white women, That's how I view it. Because when you're saying yeah. women and women of color, I'm like, huh? What does that mean? And that's, I've heard that on a few occasions where I've had to help coach people to say, you know, why don't we say white women and women of color, right? Why don't we be more specific of what you mean? But anyways, oof.
0: You know what? Somebody just fell out right there. When you said that. Somebody, somebody is, somebody is. I'm telling you, man down, woman down right now on the podcast. In fact, everybody go over to LinkedIn. She's Mita Malik on LinkedIn. I am DC Marshall. If you just got up off the floor, my WG girlfriends, just say something on uh, it's okay. LinkedIn, we're saying, here to catch you, know you. I'll pick you up. Help yes. You. I'm giving you, it's I'm okay. Help you. In, I'm fact, giving in you. fact, in fact, okay. can I say this to our WG girlfriends? Girl, this is a safe space. Listen, mm-hmm. you're listening to us in the comfort of your car, your home. Nobody has to know, yes. but you're going to get this together and you're going to win. Absolutely. I was tempted to say sis, but we're not going to say that. We're not going to say, I'm going to say my WG girlfriends. Yes. You are in the comfort of your office, your home, your car, and this is fine. Just make the notes and just, I'm going to do better. And also, Just know that so much of this we were never taught, right? And that is why you are listening to us here on the LinkedIn Podcast Network. Come on, somebody. Yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn who brought us over. Listen. (laughs) We needed this. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, I really enjoy this podcast because it really unfolds. As we get into the stories and uh, yeah, it's just super sweet. So as we move on to the tips, of course, if I have, if we have anything to share, I'm going to add it over at browntabletalkpodcast.com, but let's move into the tips. Mita, so you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So D, all of these tips, this is our gift to our white women network, the white women listening in So we hope you take that in the spirit of gifts and tips to you. Number one, Dee said this best, self-reflect. Please go back and re-listen to this podcast, re-listen to other episodes. Get a journal, as Dee always tells me to do. Write down some of the moments where you actually can say, I did did that. Yeah, I created a false equivalency. Yeah, that conversation could have gone a different way. Like, write that down. And number two, that connects to number one, once you're self-aware... Once you can admit the things you've done wrong that you want to do differently, you can do better, be better. And next time, number two, white women, girlfriends, when a black woman comes to you and tells you about the feedback that she's been given or what she's struggling with at work, hold the space. Hold the space for her. Now is not the time for you to say, oh, I've been called aggressive and difficult and that I've been told I'm angry and take too much space. Nope, nope, nope. Pause. Hold the space and allow her to tell her story and ask what you can do to support her. D, over to you for three.
0: And number three, pull up a chair. So my WG girlfriends here, listen, when you are in the seat and you are building or creating or curating, always have your number two. Again, if you're in the position of leadership, your number two, your number three, a woman of color. You set yourself up for failure if you continue to perpetuate this idea of you bring all of your same race or all of your girlfriends to the table and then invite women of color um, after Mm -hmm. the fact. But this is how you Mm. are going to win. So pull up a chair or nominate, create the space that women of color should lead this and I'll be the number two. Create Mm. the space. That's good, right? Pull up a chair. Yes, yes. Yeah, pull up a chair, or leave your chair for a woman of color.
1: All right, and those are our tips for today, Mita. D, you drop the mic, pull up a chair, and give that seat to someone else. Here you go, pulling it up for D.C. Marshall. D, my heart is full of so much gratitude and love. What a blessing to do this podcast with you. Honestly, oh, it is man. it is a blessing to do this with you. It's uh, incredible. Oh. Oh, So thank you all for listening, for being part of our community. If you loved what we had to say, please leave a review. Please share it with someone who could use this community and conversation today. Uh, D and I will see you next time. We always have a seat waiting for you at our Roundtable Talk podcast. Thanks all.
0: Side effects of listening to Roundtable Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of bad assery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.